Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Anu Umara radhiyallahu anhu aidan qala bainama nahnu inda Rasulillah sallallahu alaihi wasallam dhati yawm idhada alayna rajulun shadidul bayadi tiyadi shadidus sawadis sha'ari la yura alayhi ahrus safari wala ya'rifuhu minna ahadun hatta jalasa ila ila an-nabiy sallallahu alaihi wasallam fa asmala rukbatayhi ila rukbatayhi wada'a kaffayhi ala fakhidhayhi wa qala ya muhammad akhbirni 'an al-islam fa qala rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam al-islam an tashhad an la ilaha illallah wa anna muhammadan rasulullah wa tuqima as-salata wa فَتَسُومَ رَمَضَانَ فَتَحُجَّ الْبَيْتَ إِنْ اسْتَدَعَتَ إِلَيْهِ سَبِيلًا قَالَ صَدَّقْتَ فَعَجِبْنَا لَهُ يَسْأَلُهُ وَيُصَدِّقُهُ قَالَ فَأَخْبِرْنِي عَنِ الْإِيمَانِ قَالَ أَنْ تُؤْمِنَ بِاللَّهِ وَمَلَائِكَتِهِ وَكُتُبِهِ وَرُسُلِهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ وَتُؤْمِنَ بِالْقَدْرِ خَيْرِهِ وَشَرِّهِ قَالَ صَدَّقْتَ قَالَ فَأَخْبِرْنِي عَنِ الْإِحْسَانِ قَالَ أَنْ تَعْبُدَ اللَّهَ كأنك تراه فإن لم تكن تراه فإنه يراك قال فأخبرني عن الساعة قال ما المسؤول عنها بأعلم من السائل قال فأخبر فأخبرني أنا 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 قال أن تلد الأمة ربتها وأن ترى الففاة العلاة العالة رئاء الشاء يتطاولون في البنيان قال ثم طلب ثم انطلب فلبثت مليا ثم قال لي يا عمر اتدري من السائل قلت الله ورسوله اعلم قال فانه جبريل اتاكم يعلمكم يعلمكم دينكم رواه مسلم جزاك الله خيرا بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاه والسلام على رسول الله this is the second hadith of the Arba'ina and Nawawiyya, in which he says, Rahimahullah, Wa'an Umar, Aydan, meaning Umar ibn al Khattab, radiallahu anhu, the one who narrated the first hadith, Aydan, meaning for this hadith as well. Radiallahu anhu, may Allah be pleased with him. Qala, he said, بَيْنَمَا نَحْنُ عِنْدَ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ When we were seated with the Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم إِذْ طَلَعَ عَلَيْنَا رَجُلٌ شَدِيدُ بَيَاضِ الثِّيَابِ When they came to us, a man who was wearing clothes that were extremely white شَدِيدُ سَوَادِ الشَّعْرِ And he had hair that was extremely black شديد سواد الشعر لا يرى عليه أثر السفر and you could not see on him any signs of travel in those days a traveling person had to be recognized by the signs of travel لا يرى عليه أثر السفر we could not see any signs of travel on him ولا يعرفه منا أحد and none of us knew him we did not recognize him, meaning he was not from our area. 
Hatta jalasa ila nabiyyi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam He came to sit by the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Fa'asnada rukbatayhi ila rukbatayhi He abated his knees against the knees of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Wa wadu'a kaffayhi ala fakhidayhi And he put the palms of his hands on the thighs of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Fa'qal, then he said Ya Muhammad, O Muhammad, akhbirni anil Islam. Tell me about Islam. Faqala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Al-Islamu, Islam is, an tashhada an la ilaha illallah, that you should bear witness that there is no one worthy of worship except Allah. Wa anna Muhammad al-Rasulullah, and that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is a messenger of Allah. وَتُقِيمَ الصَّلَاةَ And that you should establish salah. You should pray five times a day. وَتُؤْتِيَ الزَّكَاةَ And that you should give zakat. وَتَسُومَ رَمَضَانَ And that you should fast during the month of Ramadan. وَتَحُجَّ الْبَيْتَ And that you should make hajj to the house of Allah. إِنِ اسْتَطَعْتَ إِلَيْهِ سَبِيلًا If you are able to do that. قَالْ he said, Sadaqt, meaning the man, answered the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, saying to him, Sadaqt, you spoke the truth. Fa'ajibna lah. We were surprised. He surprised us. Yas'aluhu wa yusaddiquhu. He is asking the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He wants to know. And when the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam responds, he says, you spoke the truth. Because when you ask a question, it means you don't know the answer to the question. But the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam responds to the question and the man says, Sadaqt, you spoke the truth. Qal, he said, فَأَخْبِرْنِي عَنِ iman. Tell me about Iman. Faqal, then the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, أَن تُؤْمِنَ بِاللَّهِ That you should believe in Allah. وَمَلَائِكَتِهِ And his angels. وَكُتُبِهِ And his books. وَرُسُلِهِ And his messengers. وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ And you should believe in the last day, the day of judgment. وَأَن تُؤْمِنَ بِالْقَدَرِ خَيْرِهِ وَشَرِّهِ And that you should believe in Qadr, things which Allah has written, good or bad, you must believe in them. قَالْ He said, this man said, صَدَقْتْ You've spoken the truth. Then he said to the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, فَأَخْبِرْنِي عَنِ الْإِحْسَانِ Tell me about ihsan or charity. The Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Al-ihsan, charity, an ta'budallaha, is that you should worship Allah, ka'annaka tarahu, as if you are able to see Allah. When you stand before Him, when you pray to Him, when you worship Him, worship Him as if you can see Him. فَإِن لَمْ تَكُنْ تَرَاهُ If you cannot reach that stage, فَإِنَّهُ يَرَاكْ Then at least know that Allah is able to see you. Then he said, فَأَخْبِرْنِي عَنِ السَّاعَةِ Tell me about the hour, about the day of judgment. In other words, when is the day of judgment? The Messenger sallallahu responded, مَا الْمَسْؤُولُ عَنْهَا بِأَعْلَمَ مِنَ السَّائِلِ The person you ask does not know more than the one asking him. Meaning, I don't know more than you know about the hour. Because the knowledge of the hour is with Allah. Then he said, فَأَخْبِرْنِي therefore tell me عَنْ أَمَارَاتِهَا About the signs of the day of judgment. 
قال, the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, among the signs of the day of judgment, when the slave girl is going to give birth to her master. And when you see the barefooted, almost naked people, the ones who had sheep, shepherds, competing in erecting lofty towers, then you should know that the hour is near. Lofty towers, tall buildings, people, nomads in the desert, people who ride camels, people who are barefooted, barely clothed, you see them erecting the tallest buildings in the world, then you should know that the hour is close. This is the translation of the hadith. Now, the commentary on the hadith. This hadith is the first hadith in the book of Muslim. Imam al-Nawawi, rahimahullah, started this Arba'in al-Nawawiyah with the first hadith in the book of Bukhari. The first hadith in the book of Bukhari is Then the second hadith is the first hadith in the book of Muslim. The first hadith in the book of Muslim is this hadith. If Surah Al-Fatiha is the mother of the Quran, Ummul Quran, then this hadith is the mother of the hadith. If Surah Al-Fatiha is Ummul Quran, do you know why Surah Al-Fatiha is called Ummul Quran? Why is it called Ummul Quran, the mother of the Quran? No, but you said yes. <laughs> I know. I know just like that. Surah Al-Fatiha is called Ummul Quran, the mother of the Quran, because everything that has been summarized in Surah Al-Fatiha has been expanded in the rest of the Qur'an. Meaning the rest of the Qur'an expands what has already been summarized in Surah Al-Fatiha. In other words, Surah Al-Fatiha is a summary of the Qur'an. That's why Rasulullah called it Ummul Qur'an, the mother of the Qur'an. This hadith has been referred to by the scholars as the mother of hadith. Do you know why? Because it summarizes the three stages of our religion. Our religion has three stages. Maratibul Deen, Maratibul Islam. What are they? Al-Islam, Al-Iman, Al-Ihsan. Islam, Iman, and Charity. These are the stages of our Deen. Maratib Ad-Deen. And if you look at the Hadith, at the end of the Hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, this is Jibreel. Do you know who came to ask? They said, Allah wa rasooluhu a'lam. Allah and his messenger know better. He said, fahada Jibreel, this is Jibreel atakum. He came to you, yu'allimukum deenakum. He came to teach you your religion. He came to teach us religion using one hadith. Yes, this hadith is the entire religion. He taught the people Islam using this hadith. It talks about the pillars of Islam. It talks about the pillars of Iman. And it also talks about the pillars of Ihsan. So this hadith is Islam. Therefore the hadith is the mother of hadith. Everything that the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam spoke 
is an expansion of what has already been summarized in this hadith. It's either going to talk about Islam, the hadith is either going to talk about Islam, or it will talk about Iman, or it talks about Ihsan. There's nothing outside these three topics. So this hadith is the mother of the ahadith. Then Rasulullah was asked an important question in this hadith, which has to do with Qadr. Qadr means things that Allah has written for us. Things that are already found in the book, things that we can't change. There is nothing that happens in our lives which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not already write. The Messenger sallallahu said, the first thing that Allah created is the pen. And Allah said to the pen, write. And it said, what shall I write? And Allah said, write what shall be until the day of judgment. Anything that happens to a human being has already been written by Allah. A person that does not believe in Qadr is not a Muslim at all. This hadith in this book has been directed, uh, I mean, uh, narrated directly from Umar ibn al-Khattab However, in other narrations, the hadith comes from Ibn Umar as he narrates of his father, Umar ibn al-Khattab It's important here that I mention the story of Yahya ibn Ma'mar. Yahya ibn Ma'mar. In a story in which he traveled to Iraq. When he traveled to Iraq, sorry, he was in Iraq when he traveled to Mecca with a companion of his. He said, we wish that we could meet, not Yahya bin Ma'mar, Yahya bin Ya'mar. Yahya ibn Ya'mar. He says, we wish we could meet a companion of the Messenger وسلم, so that we could ask him about Qadr. Because a lot of people in Iraq have changed the Qadr, rather the words on Qadr. They're saying, Allah did not write anything. These are called the Qadariya, who do not believe in Qadr. They started as early as the time of the companions of the Messenger وسلم, saying Allah did not write anything. You create your own life. You decide what becomes of your life. This is kufr. Any person who believes that we create our own destiny is a kafir. Because he believes that there is another creator other than Allah. Is there another creator apart from Allah? Allah created the world. Allah created human beings. Allah created everything that exists. And Allah created our actions. And Allah created everything that is going to happen in our lives. So if we can create our own destiny, then we are creators ourselves. If I can create my destiny, my future, and decide what is going to happen to me, against what Allah has written, meaning Allah didn't write anything for me, it means I'm the creator of my own actions. I'm the creator of what is going to happen to me. I'm the creator of my risk. I'm the creator of my whatever happens in my life, and that is kufr. Because the creator is Allah. So Yahya ibn Ya'mar says, then we traveled to Makkah for Hajj. When we traveled for Hajj, 
Our wish was that we could meet one of the companions of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, any Sahabi, so that we could ask him about Qatar. I have to emphasize here that to the Sahaba or the Tabi'een and those that followed them, Hajj was an important trip, not only in order to go and make Hajj, but it was an important trip because it was a learning trip. When they went for Hajj, they hoped to meet the greatest scholars, the companions of the Messenger وسلم, to ask about their religion, to speak face to face with the greatest scholars in the world. And that should be the desire of any person today who gets the opportunity to travel for Hajj. For us, our intentions are so different. On the contrary, we think Hajj is an opportunity to buy some things from Mecca. Hajj is an opportunity to get all those things that we cannot get here. Everyone tells you when you go to Mecca, uh, buy me a dress. When you go to Mecca, buy me a thobe. When you go to Mecca, bring me a topi. No one thinks about going to Mecca in order to go and meet the greatest sheikhs, in order to go and ask fatwa, in order to learn something from the Hajj. People go to the Hajj and come back as empty-handed as they had gone. Why? Because they have no time to sit down with the scholars. The greatest scholars in the world are found in that land. In the land of Makkah, in the land of Medina, that's where you find the greatest scholars in the world. So you would think going for Hajj is a great opportunity. Now I'll be able to interact with those scholars. Let's try to be frank with ourselves, especially those who went for Hajj. How many scholars did you speak to? Or which scholar uh, in, uh, in whose class you sat during, during the Hajj? They have halaqat in the, in the Haram. They have circles of knowledge, of ilm, where they teach ilm in the Haram. Do you, did you ever sit in, in any halqa during the Hajj? Yeah, maybe you did. Some people didn't. Yeah, but yeah, I did. You, you sat, alhamdulillah. Some didn't even know where the scholars were. And where these halqat were taking place, they, that, that, was not, that, that was not their concern. But if you ask them where the, the, the boutiques for the abayas and, uh, and the shoes and the topis are found, they'll, they'll, they'll tell you. But how many scholars did you, did you meet? Zero. So this, this hajj is supposed to be a trip to go and learn, to interact with the scholars, to uh, get an opportunity to spend time in the haram of Mecca. Uh, to get an opportunity to uh, spend time in the Haram of, of Medina. So this um, uh, Yahya ibn Ya'mar and his companions traveled to Mecca for Hajj firstly and secondly because they wanted to meet one of the companions of the Messenger وسلم, in order to ask him about Qadar. So they said when we arrived there we saw Ibn Umar. Who better than Ibn Umar? Abdullah ibn Umar. He said, we saw him entering the masjid. So we flanked him. Meaning my companion on his left or his right and uh, for me on the other flank. And we started walking with him. So Yahya says, I started because I knew my companion was waiting for me to speak. So I said, Ya Aba Abdul Rahman, O father of Abdul Rahman, this is a kunya of Abdullah bin, uh, ibn Umar. He says, we have some people where we come from, meaning from Iraq. They are great people and they are great scholars. Meaning we consider them to be great scholars. They know a lot about Deen. But what they say about Qadar, 
They say Allah did not write anything. We create our own destiny. Things are just like that. They happen the way they happen. Allah did not record anything for us. What do you say? Ibn Umar radiallahu anhu said to them, if you meet such people, say to them that I am innocent of them and they are innocent of me. In other words, I'm not a part of them and they're not a part of me. I don't know them and they don't know me. He's a Sahabi of Rasulullah and his father is the second Khalifa of Islam. He said such people, if they had a whole mountain of gold and they spent it fi sabilillah, Allah would not accept it from them because they are not believers. If they don't believe in Qadr, even if they had a whole mountain of gold and they spent it fi sabilillah, Allah would not accept it of them. I want you to uh, notice one important thing. They said, these are people who are knowledgeable. We know them to be knowledgeable, but listen to what they say about Qadr. The people of Bid'ah, I'll say this again. The people of Bid'ah are not ignorant people. The majority of you think Bid'ah comes from those who are not educated, those who don't know about Islam. The majority of the people of Bid'ah are educated people who know Quran. And we consider them to be knowledgeable people. And we consider them to be pious people. They never miss a salah in the masjid. They never miss a salah in the masjid. They never miss Monday. They never miss Thursday. They do everything and they're such righteous people. When you look at them and you consider your salah, you think your salah is nothing compared to their salah. But they have bid'ah in them. And this is dangerous. This is what makes people follow bid'ah. Because if bid'ah were perpetrated by ignorant people, you would not follow them. You would know he's ignorant, therefore there is no need to follow him. But when bid'ah is perpetrated by someone who is considered to have ilm, you think what they do has to be right. And whatever they tell you has to be right. There was a man, a sheikh, who was a Mu'tazili. The Mu'tazila are people of bid'ah. And he started teaching a certain student. He taught him so many things, ilm, but most of the ilm had a lot of bid'ah in it. So he said to him, before you start teaching people what I taught you, I forbid you to talk to anyone concerning what I've taught you until you have stayed in the masjid for about, was it one month or 40 days that he told him? Dalzamul masjid. You have to be in the masjid all the time for this period of time. Why do you think he taught him to do that? Don't tell people anything. Don't teach them anything of what I taught you until you have been in the masjid for 40 days or more than that. All these days you must be in the masjid. Then after that, you can start speaking to people about what I taught you. Why do you think he taught him that? Because he wants to create an impression with the people that he is a righteous man. You know when a person is found in the masjid every day, making tasbih, praying salah, nawafi, every salah in the masjid and everything, you begin to trust them. 
thinks, subhanallah, this is Rajul Salih. When he says, ta'al. Rasulullah said, before you, you begin your salah, you must say, alhamdulillah, subhanallah wa bihamdihi, 23 times. And then you, you would think, this one knows better. Rasulullah said, these people, in a hadith, these people of bid'ah, when you look at them, you compare your salah to their salah, you will think your salah is nothing. But that doesn't make it correct. The Messenger said, even if they had a whole mountain of gold and they wanted to spend it, it was not going to be accepted of them. Allah would not accept it because they do not believe in Qadr. Believing in Qadr is an integral part of our religion. And there is no place in this religion for a man who does not believe in Qadr, things which Allah has written for us. وَعْلَمْ In another hadith, أَنَّمَا أَخْطَأَكَ لَمْ يَكُنْ لِيُصِيبَكَ You must know that anything that misses you was never going to catch you. وَمَا أَصَابَكَ And whatever catches you, لَمْ يَكُنْ لِيُخْطِئَكَ Was never going to miss you. رُفِعَةِ الْأَقْلَامِ The pens have been lifted. وَجَفَّتِ الصُّحْفِ And the books are dry, the ink is dry, everything is written. If something happens to you, it was written. If you miss something, you were never meant to have it. If you have it, you were never meant to miss it. وَعْلَمْ أَنَّ الْأُمَّةِ You should know that if the Ummah, لَوِ اجْتَمَعُوا If they all came together, عَلَىٰ أَنْ يَنْفَعُوكَ بِشَيْءٍ In order to help you with something, لَمْ يَنْفَعُوكَ إِلَّا بِشَيْءٍ قَدْ كَتَبَهُ اللَّهُ لَكَ They can only help you with what Allah wrote for you. وَإِنْ اجْتَمَعُوا Or if they came together, عَلَىٰ أَنْ يَضُرُّوكَ In order to harm you بِشَيْءٍ with something, لَمْ يَضُرُّوكَ They will never harm you إِلَّا بِشَيْءٍ قَدْ كَتَبَهُ اللَّهُ عَلَيْكَ Except with something that Allah wrote for you. Everything is written by Allah. There's something further we need to learn from this qissa, from this story. It is important when there is a disagreement over something, some mas'ala in Islam, to approach the people of knowledge, the people of correct knowledge. They came all the way from Iraq because they wanted to ask a Sahabi of the Messenger concerning the issue of Qadr. I hope that part is clear. <laughs> we did not see any signs of trouble on him. A long time ago, that should be surprising. Today, it's not surprising. The person could come all the way from Brazil or from America or any place. You don't expect to see any signs of trouble on them. Because traveling nowadays is easier. But in those days, if someone traveled from, say, Mecca to Medina, you would see the signs of trouble because of the natural elements such as the wind, the sun, his skin would change, the clothes and everything. You had to know. And the communities in those days were small communities, so they knew everyone from, from the community. So if you're not a member of the community, you have to have signs of trouble on you so that people know you came from a different community. 
But it says, we did not see any signs of trouble on this man. And no one, none of us knew him. We didn't recognize him. This hadith is dalil that the angels can transform themselves into the shape of a human being or any shape that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala desires. Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam used to appear to the messengers of Allah alayhi wasalam sometimes in the form of a man like in this hadith. When the angels appeared to Maryam alayhi salam, Mary, the mother of Isa alayhi salatu wasalam, Allah says in the Quran, فَأَرْسَلْنَا إِلَيْهَا رُوحَنَا فَتَمَثَّلَ لَهَا بَشَرًا سَوِيًّا We sent to her our spirit, Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam. فَتَمَثَّلَ لَهَا He appeared to her بَشَرًا سَوِيًّا As a man in every respect. So the angels appeared to Maryam in the form of human beings. The angels also appeared to Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam in the form of human beings. When they came and Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam slaughtered something for them to eat, he thought they were visitors, he didn't know they were angels, and the people of Lut wanted to do bad things with them. They came in the form of human beings. So this is common, and there is no argument about that. The angels are able to transform themselves. But the way Allah created them, they are much greater creatures, bigger, bigger creatures than human beings. Allah says in the Quran, Alhamdulillahi fatiri samawati wal ard, ja'ili al-malaikati rusula, uli ajnihatin mathna wa thulatha wa ruba'a, yazidu fil khalqi ma yasha'a, inna allaha ala kulli shay'in qadeer. Glory be to Allah, or praise be to Allah, the originator of the heaven and the earth. The one who created angels to be messengers. With wings. Two. And three. And four. Angels have different numbers of wings. Some angels have only two wings. Some have three. Some have four. Some more than that. Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam has 600 wings. Sittu mi'a' janah. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasalam saw Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam in his original form only twice. Once in Hira. The second time, Sidrat al-Muntaha. He says, sallallahu alayhi wasalam, I saw him. And he had 600 wings and when he spreads out one wing it's enough to cover the entire horizon the whole the entire horizon is able to i mean one wing is able to cover the horizon he has 600 of them so you try to imagine how big jibril alayhi salatu wasalam himself is in fact in an author it is said that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to destroy the people of Lut, Sodom and Gomorrah, he sent an angel who scooped up the two towns on his wing, scooped them up, picked them up, and he rose with them and threw them back onto the ground. 
and they perished. So if a wind can scoop up an entire town, not one, but two entire towns, you begin to think, how big are these creatures? Our imagination is not, is not sharp enough to imagine some of the things that Allah has created. Our minds are not big enough to picture some of the things that Allah has created. They did not give Allah his full measure. He's going to hold the entire earth in his farm on the day of judgment. And the entire horizon, the entire heaven, he's going to wrap it up in his right hand. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. If that's the universe in Allah's hand, the earth, the sun, the moon, everything in his hand, who are we? We're too small. After the other. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Umar al Khattab, radiallahu anhu, says at the end of the hadith, do you know Do you know who the one asking questions was? I said Allah and his messenger know better. he said This is Jibreel. he came He came to teach you your religion. I want to ask you a question. Jibril came to teach us our religion. Who was teaching? Was it Jibril or Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa who, who was explaining? It's Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Then why is he saying Jibril came to teach the deen when Jibril was not saying anything? The one teaching was Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa So how come Jibril came to teach you your religion? That's teaching. <laughs> the one teaching is Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Siraj. Because of the questions. So this is Dalil that asking a question from which other people are going to benefit is considered teaching. When you're in a majlis and you think some people might not know this question, so you ask so that they can learn from it. You have taught them. And you have an equal reward to the person who explains the, the question without taking anything away from his agenda. If you ask about something, your reward is equal to the one who teaches and explains about that thing and you take nothing away from his agenda. Even to make a suggestion to say, why can't we start a halqa, a circle of ilm? so that we can learn in the, in the masjid. You suggest to someone, maybe someone you know to be a scholar, or someone you know to be a student, and the person agrees and says, yes, let's start a circle of ilm in the masjid. Do you know what it means? Every time he teaches, every time he researches, whatever he says, everything he does, you will have an equal reward in it without taking anything away from his reward. The one is teaming. The one who said, the one who suggested we should start a circle of knowledge. The one who initiated that is going to get every reward of every word that is said in the halqa. 
For example, the way we're seated here. I don't know whose initiative it was, I can't remember. But whoever suggested that we should sit here and learn the Arba'in and Nawawiyah will get an equal reward for everything that I say in the Halqa. Ah, now I remember. There's, there's someone who suggested to me, didn't suggest exactly Arba'in and Nawawiyah, but this person suggested that um, they didn't feel very strong in their, in their Iman, and therefore they needed someone to, to encourage them. I decided that maybe we should we should explain the Arba'in and Nawawiyah, and I thought it would be done on, on WhatsApp, and then at the same time, the benefit could also come to the halqa in the, in the masjid. So the person that suggested that gets the reward of everything that, that I do, every word I say, every research I make, every benefit that's, that's gotten from this majlis, the person gets a reward from, from that. That is the way ilm is. And... We, we don't want to praise uh, uh, anyone, but just stating a fact. Uh, Mamadou edits and uh, puts together this, this um, dance and puts it on, on WhatsApp. I'm afraid everything, everything I do, Mamadou gets an equal reward for, for, for it. It's just like he sits here and, and teaches in the, in the masjid. So every participation is teaching. And the niyyah, like we learned in the first hadith, has to be correct. When you ask a question, ask so that people can learn or so that you can learn. Don't ask a question in order to have a go at someone. Because you think this, this person is the one who does it wrong, so let me, let me ask so that we embarrass him to die. The, the niyyah is not correct. Ask so that he can learn something so that he is also on, on the right path. Or don't ask so that, so that people say, ah, he's brilliant. He, he can ask powerful questions. Don't do it for that. Do it for the sake of ilm, because you want to learn something, or because you want people to learn something from it. So that's why Rasulullah said, Hada Jibreel. This is Jibreel Atakum. He came, yu'allimukum dinakum. He's teaching you your religion. So if you ask a question here from which people are going to learn, it means you are teaching them their religion. If you suggest there should be a majlis, it means you are teaching people their religion. You don't have to be an alim to get this reward. You don't have to be an alim. For example, you could look, what, this is Arba'in and Nawawiyah? All right. How can I organize this, this book? You make contacts on your own and five, six days later, we see you with a bunch of Arba'in and Nawawiyah. Who wants a copy here? Fadal, 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 fadal. You are teaching them dinah. You don't have to be a scholar. But you can participate in the teaching of ilm. This hadith is a long hadith. I think we can pause the explanation here. And we will continue uh, next week. Insha'Allah ta'ala. وَلَا تَقُولَنَّ لِشَيْءٍ إِنِّي فَاعِلٌ ذَلِكَ غَدَى إِلَّا أَنْ يَشَاءَ اللَّهِ هَذَا وَاللَّهُ تَعَالَى أَعْلَمُ وَصَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَى سَيِّدَنَا مُحَمَّدٍ وَعَلَى آلِهِ وَصَحْبِهِ أَجْمَعِينَ